Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So, on this podcast, we are going to talk about how to figure out your vocal range. And probably more importantly, um, and maybe a little uh, harder to do without some guidance maybe, is figuring out and defining different parts of your range and why they're useful, especially as a songwriter and as a performer. So we'll start with the easy part first, which is finding your range. First, you need to start in your comfort zone. Usually go to a piano. Piano is going to be the easiest thing. You could do a guitar or two if you wanted or whatever you're comfortable with, but piano is uh, about as good as it can get for effectively and quickly finding your, your range. So first, you should probably warm up before you do this. That way you can get a good idea of your, your actual effective range. Um, you know, because if you, if you wake up in the morning and do this right away then your bottom range is going to seem larger, your lower range is going to seem larger than it really is, and your upper range is going to seem like junk because, you know, you haven't even talked yet today, much less sing, uh, much less warmed up the vocal cords. Um, but when you are vocally warmed up, ideally, you want to start in your comfort zone. So if you're a guy, you're probably starting one octave below middle C, and if you're a girl, you're probably starting um, at at middle C. And first, you just want to go down from there, just one note at a time, until you hit the bottom of what's comfortable for you to sing. And there's your lower range. And then you do the same thing going up. Um, so you start in that comfort zone, go up, 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 up. And here's what I'll say here. Uh, depends on musical style and other things, but I am—I firmly believe that you can't or shouldn't count something as your quote-unquote vocal range if you can't hit it in chest or mixed voice. So if you're having to do falsetto and head voice, um, that's not a part of your range. It is a specific part of your range that we'll talk about later, but for like, what is my vocal range, I don't think that should count. Um, if it's not something that you can sing in full voice, um, you know, belting, um, then it, it probably doesn't belong in, in, in this range that we're trying to define here. So after you run this exercise, and maybe do it a couple different days, right? You know, on a good day, on a bad day, on some days in between, you know, do it seven times in a year, do it a couple times a year, whatever. Because it, it, it can change and, you know, you certainly can expand your range. Um, but the key thing here is to find that range. And then the key thing from here now is we want to find the different parts of our range. Because there's, there's different parts to a range that are, are useful in different ways. So, um, 
first we're going to take what I consider the consistent range. And there's four different parts to this consistent range. And that's your comfort range, your lower range, your upper range, and then your head voice range. Um, you'll notice that before I specified that I don't think a part of your regular range should be including head voice or falsetto. Um, and that's partially because uh, head voice range is, is something separate that I want us to look at. And to me, your true range is is more or less the comfort range, lower range, and upper range um, is more or less what you could should consider your range. Um, but we'll sort of get into that. All right. So all of this is within what I consider your consistent range. Um, so the first part is your comfort range. Now, what comfort range is is I like to think of this as the range of notes that you can sing over and over and over and over again, and it's not taxing at all to you. So this is any, any seri the whole range of notes that you could sing any one of those notes for like an hour and still be good, right? It's not taxing your voice. It's not tiring you out, really, outside of, outside of the amount of, of tiring out that your voice is going to get just from, you know, usage, right? Like, even talking um, certainly taxes your voice. So, obviously, singing is going to no matter what the range. But really what we're going for here is range that you could conceivably just live in. You just be in all the time. You could do a whole two-and-a-half-hour show in this range and your voice won't be dot dead by the end. So that's sort of your comfort range. And that's useful because um, to me, your comfort range is really where you want to center a lot of your, your vocals. Um, so at least you know, for at least half your songs, you should be in that comfort range generally. Now, you know, there's exceptions to this. Some some singers, for example, literally do everything in their comfort range. They never really hit that lower range and upper range. So we have no way of even knowing what their range is or caring. Um, a lot of acoustic artists are like this. Uh, take, say, like a James Taylor. You know, who knows what his range is? There might be some songs that uh, would shed some light on that. Like uh, there's one song called Steamroller, I think it is, where he... Um, uses his voice in a way that he, he normally doesn't um, and probably explores a little bit more of the upper range. But for the most part, his songs very much live in that uh, comfort range. And the nice thing about working in your comfort range, again, is because that's really where um, there isn't that much taxation to your voice. Now, next is the lower range. So... Lower range is something that, in theory, um, you can hit these notes anytime you're warmed up, for the most part. These are notes um, that, you know, in an ideal circumstance where, um, say you're in a recording setting and you just have to record this one song today, um, that lower range is something that you're going to have full access to. So... Take me, for example, um, my lowest note is more or less uh, E-flat, E-flat 2, I believe it is. Um, 
or E flat one, but whatever that is. Um, now that's something that if I were to go into the studio, I know that, you know, when I'm warming up or whatever, I can consistently get to that E flat. Is it the E flat? Now, now I'm not quite sure, but anyway, not important. Let's say it's the E flat. Pretty sure it is. Um, now that might be something that I can consistently do in studio in an ideal circumstance where I have an ideal mic where, you know, with compression and everything and all the stuff we're going to do afterwards, um, you'll be able to hear it well. Um, but it's something where say, you know, you're an hour into a show and your voice is just so warmed up because maybe you've been exploring your upper range a lot and your voice is just so warmed up. It might be hard for you to get to that lower range at that time. So lower range is, is, is really anything lower than your comfort range is obvious, but specifically we're sort of looking at notes that we feel, you know, live, we might struggle to get that low because if we're too warmed up or we have too much adrenaline or when we hit the note live, when we're sort of trying to sing a little bit over some of the other loud instruments or whatever, it might sort of get lost or we might not be able to hit it super cleanly. And that's sort of your lower range. Now, again, specifically, this is a part of your range that you still consistently can do, right? So this is not talking about like, you know, oh, this one time I get as low as C. Like that, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, we're talking about something that we can do consistently, you know, like on, on any given day, I feel like, you know, after I wake up in the morning, do a little warm up. If I wrote a song that went all the way down to that E flat, I could hit that. Not like, nope, can't hit that note today. Um, cause that's a part of my lower range and upper range is a similar thing. I like to think of my upper range as the point at which it does truly start to become taxing on my voice to belt those notes. Um, and it's something to at least keep in mind. Now it doesn't really affect, um, recorded songs too much. Um, it, it does sort of as a, a total body of work in that, you know, I don't want too many songs where too much of it is constantly in the upper range. I don't want to do that. Um, but for the most part, you know, I'm comfortable going into that upper range every song. Now it's probably not going to stay there the whole time, but I'm very comfortable going there because I know if I warm up, I can hit these notes. Now, the difference here between that upper range and what I consider the upper part of your comfort range is this upper range is something that in theory, you can't just belt it over and over and over again for a long, long time. You know, so, so for example, I, I would say my comfort range goes all the way up to, um, G, uh, the G above middle C. Um, so, uh, fourth below tenor high C. Um, and that's because I can hit up to that G comfortably, consistently all the time. 
um, and maybe even G sharp, uh, because once we ran an experiment, there was a song, um, that my, that, that I did with my old band, uh, it's called won't be tonight. And the high note in it is a G sharp. And when we recorded that song, we eventually were like, you know what, let's have an experiment. Let's see how many times I can belt this chorus, um, in a row. And I did it like 50 times. So way, way more takes than we needed. Um, and then we were too lazy to go through all those takes. <laughs> so most of them were useless anyway. But um, but because I could hit that G sharp over and over and over again to do it, you know, if, we, if I did the chorus around 50 times, that means I probably hit that note. I think I hit that note twice per chorus. Um, so, so we're looking at 100 times that I just hit that note over and over. And this is, you know, probably took well over an hour. So, so maybe G sharp is that top of my comfort range. But that upper range starts where you know it really is going to be taxing on your voice. Any note that you think, okay, I, I can't be singing this note all concert long. Or I can, but it will, man, it will, it will take a lot out of me. And for me, that really starts in the the A, A-sharp range. Now, where the upper range ends is where you feel, okay, I'm vocally warmed up. I know I can hit this note. Um, which is very similar, again, to the lower range. So so this upper range, if, if you know that warmed up, this is a note that you can hit, that you feel, you know, if you were to perform this song live, you don't need to change the key of it in order to sing it. And that's really the important part here. Because upper range is something that you should feel comfortable utilizing all of these notes. Comfortable utilizing all of these notes because you know you can play it live. And you know you can sing it. And you know you can sing it consistently. Now, where, again, where, where you need to take notice is sort of your whole body of work. Because if your whole, you know, album or your whole show is going to be constantly in that upper range, you have to know that that's going to be very taxing on you. And that's the reason why knowing your upper range is important here. And not just sort of having a range, right? Because your comfort range is where you can sit all day and you don't even have to pay attention. It's fine. You know that you can hit D's and, you know, middle C's all day and just be like, yep, this, yep, this is fine. I can just do this for hours and hours and hours. If there's a four-hour sing-a-thong, I can, I can do it. Um, so for me, I would say my comfort range sort of goes up to that, that G sharp below tenor high C or so, and then um, my upper range probably goes to tenor high C where I'm confident enough in that, that if I warm up and, you know, assuming I don't have a cold or anything, uh, I know that I can hit that note. Now I've hit as high as the E flat above that, but I've done that three times in my life. Exactly three. (laughs) Um, so that would not be a part of my upper range. That is what I will call the deviant upper range, which we will get into after. So let's round out this what this consistent range that I'm talking about. So we talked about comfort range and lower range and upper range. Next is head voice range. And that's pretty straightforward. This is really just the range that you can sing in head voice. 
Um, and that's important because if, if, if there's a specific song and that, you know, a certain part of the melody is going to be in your head voice, um, and then it doesn't really matter, you know, if it's in your upper range because it's probably not going to be taxing on you. So say for example, for you, your upper range, uh, uh, tenor high C is in your upper range. Let's say that. Um, but your head voice range also includes that tenor high C and goes even higher than that. And you have a song where you hit that tenor high C, but you don't belt the tenor high C. You use your head voice. Um, because of that, it's not really utilizing your upper range because you're not belting it. You're using your head voice range. And a head voice tenor high C is not even in the same ballpark for how much it taxes your voice um, as it would being belted in your upper range. So this is really just important to know for like, okay, uh, I'm singing this note, which would normally be taxing. It would normally be in my upper range, but I'm singing it in head voice, so it's fine. And then it's also useful to know because, you know, your upper range and your head voice range don't necessarily go together. Now, your upper range is basically never going to go higher than your head voice range, but your head voice range might go a lot higher than your upper range because you're going to be able to consistently hit notes in your head voice that maybe you wouldn't be able to consistently belt. Um, and there might be a, a lot of notes in that, in that group. And that's really what that head voice range uh, is for. It also sort of helps just determine a, that part of your range that you technically can use, um, but you won't be able to belt. So that sort of rounds out this consistent range. We have that comfort range, we have the lower range, we have the upper range, and then we do the head voice range. So now we're going to do the la talk about the last two ranges, which is the deviant lower range and the deviant upper range. And really all both of these are, are notes that you have been able to hit. You have hit before. Um, but they're not things that you would consistently rely on, and you probably wouldn't plan on hitting these notes in a live show. So for example... You know, when I was sick one time or when my voice was really tired from the night before, I've probably gotten as low as a C-sharp. Uh, C-sharp 2, I believe that would be. But I know that I can't consistently hit that. That's not something... I, I wouldn't even have the audacity to record a melody in a song that went that low. Well, for multiple reasons, including that basically you just never use that low of a range for a melody... Uh, in a song, but even beyond that, um, now I, I might be like, oh, okay, here's a harmony part that's really low that I'll have to wait for a specific day to record. And it's never something I'm, that I'm going to need to record, um, sorry, to sing live or something. Then maybe that's where a deviant lower range can come in handy because I know, okay, I have hit this note before. So given the right circumstance, I'll be able to get that take for a recording and call it a day. 
And that's sort of what the deviant upper range is as well. Again, something that you should note to yourself, okay, this is getting into dangerous territory because it's not something that I'm going to feel comfortable with knowing like I can sing this song in this key live and do it every show. So a great example of this would be living on a prayer. Um, but for that final key change, um, John Bon Jovi is singing a E flat above tenor high C, which is crazy high. Uh, it's the note that I mentioned before. I have hit exactly three times in my life. And John Bon Jovi hit it exactly once. And they just looped it in studio. And he has never sung that note, according to him, since. I will not give the actual quote because I'm trying to keep this podcast family friendly. Um, but let's just say he said he was gripping something ever since. Um, so that would be an example of in his deviant upper range. He hit that note once. He even hit it in studio. We've all heard him hit that note many, many, many times because it was recorded. But it's not something he's been able to do live. So he, you know, has the audience sing it or maybe they they put it down a couple keys or he kind of tries to sing it, but it's really just head voice and it's not really singing it. So that's in his deviant upper range. Right. It's not something he can consistently hit. In fact, he, according to him, only hit it exactly once. So it is not something that that normally you would want to put in a song. And I'm sure it's tiresome to them because that is the one song that Bon Jovi absolutely must play at any concert and the true original version of it he can't do um which is fine because again that note is crazy high but um that puts them in sort of a weird situation right where he has to do the weird like here's the mic to the audience pretend like he really could sing it like we all know he can't um and that's sort of what your deviant ranges are. Something that maybe you could do, uh, you know, you even could record a song with that because, you know, on the right day in the ideal circumstance, you can do it. Um, but it's not something that you would want to rely on. Uh, to me, these are more useful. You know, if you want to have that one song where you just, you know, show off what you can do vocally, um, but you don't really plan on doing it live, go ahead. Use that deviant upper range. Or if you, you know, sort of with a lower range, if there's a harmony part that you kind of um, don't really want to do in your head voice, and, you know, it's a harmony part, whatever, live, nobody's going to notice or care that, like, your guitarist isn't belting that that harmony part that may or may not have been belted by you in the recording, but maybe for the recording, you really want it belted. And it's something that's not in your upper range, really. Um, but you know that you, when warmed up perfectly and the scenario is right, you, you, you can get that note and you can get that take. Then go ahead. Use that deviant upper range. But again, you just have to know that these things in the deviant lower and deviant upper ranges are notes that you're not going to be able to consistently do, which is why it's not part of your consistent range, which again consisted of your comfort range, your lower range, your upper range, and then your head voice range. Thanks for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. 
If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 proven ways to start writing a song at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.